This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And welcome into another edition of the Onside Kick here on Most Valuable Podcast. If you're joining us on YouTube, hello. It is great to see your faces again if you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher. Thank you guys for giving us the listen, giving us the download today. Mark, it is, it's our favorite time of the year. We are starting... What we do every year, we go through each division. It's a two-month process mm-hmm. that we start in early June, go through every single division, kind of preview each team until we get to the preseason and get to our actual yeah. predictions in July, and then everything starts to kind of mm-hmm. snowball from there. However, before we start the predictions, today is the AFC West is what the division we will take you guys through We've got a kind of a news story that we got to talk about because Friday, well after we recorded last week's onside kick, the Chiefs decided to make a move, kind of a big move. They let Jeremy Macklin go, said, you know what, we're doing it for cap reasons, we're going to cut you, which eventually when that happens, Jeremy Macklin hit the open market. Mark, I'm just going to be frank with you, I'm going to throw it out there. Jeremy Macklin, free agent, no longer a Chief. Where is he going to be playing? What's the best fit for Jeremy mm-hmm. Macklin? Well, you know, you got to look at the teams that obviously need a wide receiver. You know, they're obviously all given the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you want to see from Jeremy Macklin's side, he wants to go somewhere where there's a good quarterback to play with him. Or playoffs. Yeah. So when you're, and we'll get to some of these teams, I'm sure, a team like the Bears or the Browns or the Jets, they made the phone call and Jeremy Macklin, <laughs> he didn't answer. He's screening those calls. But, he, you know, he hit the no. Yeah, exactly. He, he says, no, nah, I'm not interested. Uh, you have some teams that are kind of that step up, like the Rams, mm-hmm. the Bills, but a team that I think is a, a very genuine good fit is going to be the Ravens. I mean, you get to play with Joe Flacco. You get to play on a team that has been known for kind of giving second chances, second opportunities to some of these wide receivers. Uh, And they have great big play opportunity. And that's going to be something that Macklin can be huge for. Macklin, if if you ever had him in fantasy football, I'm sure some of you have wanted him. He's going to rack up some points for you. Unless he's going to he, help out this offense. Unless he's on the Chiefs because he's not going to get any touchdowns. Well, yeah, he can't get touchdowns because <laughs> wide receivers on the Chiefs don't score touchdowns. Uh, but I would love to see that connection between Joe Flacco and a very mm-hmm. uh, talented Jeremy Macklin. You know, because honestly, Baltimore, it's been a little bit since they've had that great connection between the wide receiver and quarterback that's really putting the league on notice. Well, and I mean, the Ravens, to me, they're one of those teams where— I had two teams in my mind that after looking at everyone, they're like, okay, he can go here, he can go there. Obviously, the big one in the news that we've heard about is LaShawn McCoy made the call. Tyrod Taylor has joined the recruiting effort. Buffalo's kind of making a hard push, a hard sell. Yeah, as they to should. get Macklin in a Bills jersey. But the thing that I think Jeremy Macklin should look at the most when it comes to a team to play for at this point in his career Who's going to set me up for the best situation to put a ring on my finger? Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Buffalo, like you don't fit that mold because Tom Brady's in your division. 
Yeah. There's no way they I'm can get going... in the wild card, but they're but not winning the division. But if I'm not winning the division against Tom Brady, I'm definitely not beating him in the playoffs, especially with the team that you have. Tom Brady would beat you any playoff game that you had, and you're not winning the division. The two teams that I look at, you mentioned one of them, the Ravens, because you look at that North division in the AFC, the Browns aren't going to compete for the division. The Bengals are kind of kind of falling off a little bit. They're a little hit or miss each year. And then the, really your only competition is the Steelers. And like you said, you get to go play with Joe Flacco. You would obviously, to me, I look at their wide receivers, he'd obviously be the number one target. I'm sorry, Mike Williams. I'm sorry, uh, Brashard Perryman, the guy that they drafted to be that number one mm-hmm. when Torrey Smith was kind of moved out of town. I would say I can go to I can go to Baltimore, be Joe Flacco's number one guy. That would take pressure off of Perriman. So coming back from injury, he can just come and kind of get used to being out there again and producing yeah. to what they're expecting him to. And then Mike Wallace can kind of that takes pressure off of him as well. The other two teams that I think kind of fit this mold is the Arizona Cardinals because they're a team where, yes, they've got that kind of that thing with the Seahawks where you can say, well, Ricky, if the Bills have the Patriots, the Cardinals have the Seahawks. However, I don't think the Seahawks are as strong as they used to be in the past. They're a team that's very much on a line of either sustaining their playoff hopes or falling apart potentially with everything that they Mm -hmm. have to do, the chaos that they have. Also, what would it be like to be the number two to Larry Fitzgerald? Ask Anquan Bolden how that was. was pretty damn good for him. So those are the two teams, the far-out one that I see also, the Lions, because you get to go play with Matthew Stafford. Yeah, and and one thing, of course, with uh, playing with Fitzgerald is he's not going to be around for too long. And not that Macklin's young, but he'll have that opportunity to take over the number Mm -hmm. one role, uh, especially if you can go and make a run at a Super Bowl. If you're going to Arizona, though, for Macklin, that's the, like, and I'm using an NBA term here, that's the ring chaser. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to be the number two to Larry Fitzgerald. Carson Palmer is not going to be around, let alone stay healthy, for very long. So really that would be a, hey, I'm putting the chips on Carson Palmer. I'm signing a one- to two-year contract to try to win a ring with you guys. Help your receiving core. Give Carson Palmer another target to throw to if he can stay healthy, but that would be mm-hmm. the ring chaser team yeah. if he signed with the Cardinals. Now, something that I actually, maybe it's going to surprise people uh, watching and listening, but I would like to kind of see him on the L.A. Rams. Why? Because I think that Tavon Austin will get a lot of help mm-hmm. from it. Todd Gurley won't be the only weapon on that offense, Jared so that Goff way he gets stopped. To throw to. And yeah, Jared Goff coming in here and actually being allowed to play mm-hmm. for once is going to have good weapons Uh and we'll be able to actually make a splash in the NFL that we would expect out of the number one overall pick. So I would like to see this happen. I don't think it will happen. Jeremy Macklin would be kind of saying, not this year, not next year, but maybe when I'm 33, 34 years old, maybe then we can make a run. And that's not going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, right now you got to look at it. I mean, Macklin, 28 years old. Right now this next season will mm-hmm. be 29. He's approaching that 30-year mark, yep. and it's I look at it, and it's like you've been in the league since 2009. The main thing that should be on your mind 
is getting a ring. And that last team that I mentioned, the Lions, the or reason why the flip ahead. side is just the if he just wants the paycheck. If you just want the big paycheck. Yeah, he could go too. that route too. We're which, assuming he wants the ring, but he might go paycheck. Which I'm saying if he wants a comfortable situation, Buffalo. Yeah, because they'll you pay. Can, you can they'll pay for you. Mm-hmm. You've got LaShawn McCoy and Tyrod Taylor who are making you feel wanted. Hey, come play for us. We want you here. We we can win with you. Kind of feeding your head with those normal recruiting things that yeah. players do. I just think But that, it's cold. Yeah, I just think that the two mm-hmm. best fits are, like you said, the Ravens, because that AFC North is a toss up each year and really Who's to say that this year isn't Big Ben's last? Because really, he came out and said, hey, you know what, I'm taking it. He's basically doing the Michael Jordan route of I'm taking it year by year, one-year contracts for the rest of my for the rest of my time. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of each year, I'm reevaluating whether I'm going to retire or not. Who says you sign this year? Big Ben retires at the end of this one, and then you're set up with the Ravens to pounce on that division and be the new kings yeah. of – the AFC North Cardinals, like I said, that's a little bit risky because of the health to Carson Palmer. However, the the riskier pick is the Lions because you've got Golden Tate there. You would come in and be there with Golden Tate. Matthew Stafford's a pretty solid quarterback to have. The only thing there is you would have to compete with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Yeah, And do you feel like... I'll ask you this. Do you feel like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and the NFC North is a similar situation to what we said the Bills with the Patriots? Uh, Well, essentially, it is pretty similar because Aaron Rodgers has just dominated this division for Mm -hmm. uh, for so long with minor exceptions. So the other thing to think about, though, is kind of those minor exceptions of the defense of the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think you want to face that. I, and Chicago with a defensive coach like uh, John Fox trying to rebuild that defense. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing where it's like this whole division is known for defense. I don't know that I want to be a part of that. I'll be honest. I saw a tweet or a headline or something on my phone this weekend that said, like, oh, Mike Zimmer should make a push for Macklin. Mm-hmm. And I said, please do it. Please, like, could you get get Sam Bradford a solid weapon to be your number one with now nah, we got Latavius Murray. I know he's no AP, but he's a solid back. If we can sign Dalvin Cook, get him to be the number two. Stefan Diggs being the number two to Macklin's one. That's my pipe dream. That's me bringing up the Vikings because we mm-hmm. could use Jeremy Macklin. I just don't think we would get it. I don't think the Bears are going to spend the money needed to get Macklin. The Rams, I just, the Rams or even the Chargers, it would be like, why do I want to go play for you guys? You guys are dumpster fires. And then, like, other teams that I've seen, you mentioned the Jets and the Niners even. I look at those and go, why would he want to play? Why would he want to play for a team that's nowhere near a Super Bowl? Nowhere near a playoff team. Mm -hmm. Well, at least the the Rams, you have a little bit more than, like, the 49ers do. Um, I still... I'll put the Rams above the Jets, the Browns, the Bears, you know, all these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they, they do have some good pieces, but you're going to be like, you know, three years until you're really going to take that shot for the ring. And if we're assuming he wants to go for the ring, because like we say, getting close to 30, you don't know how much time you got left. Mm-hmm. Um as much as, like you say, you'd love him on your favorite team, the Vikings. I'd love him on my favorite team, the Bears. 
anybody wants Jeremy Macklin. You know, anyone's going to want a piece of this. Uh, it's just a matter of what makes most sense. And to me, clear, far away, it's the Ravens. Now, I'm going to throw out two teams. They're both from the same division. One's kind of a, I've seen articles about, ooh, would he go back here? Mm-hmm. Where I'm going to say the answer is no, because when he was there, Andy Reid was there, and that's why he went to KC. But yeah. people are obviously throwing out the, oh, would he go back to the Philadelphia Eagles? That would be a team where you're playing with a young quarterback in Wentz, mm-hmm. a little bit more polished than a Jared Goff. You also have Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith there. So you already have solid receivers. You could just step in and be just another one of the guys. However, the thing you got to worry about, wide receivers, they're usually the divas of the league. Yeah. And they kind of have the big heads of, wait, wait, I need the ball. And now you got to get me the ball. Alshon Jeffrey played with one of the bigger divas, Brandon Marshall. Yeah. So I mean, not quite does Bryant level, but yeah, but Brandon Marshall. He at least Brandon Marshall demands some attention. Yeah. Um. So I think that might work out. And like mm-hmm. you said, Carson Wentz is a good rookie. Um. I don't know if I want to go so far as to say the more polished of the two. Uh. I think L.A. should have given Goff a chance way sooner than they did. Um. And. And Carson Wentz started great, but came back down to earth. I, Carson Wentz is the one that we, right now after mm-hmm. one season, I know Goff didn't play most of it because the Rams were stupid in that sense, but he's the one that we have at this point the more promise in right now. That's that's where I was going with, with the more polish. But another mm-hmm. team that I think I think won't make a pass at him, but should is a team that we've talked about not too long ago. They have a quarterback right now and a franchise tender. Who do you think I'm talking about? Talking about my boy Kirk Cousins. Talking about Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he needs skins, a target. They, I know they. Well, got he's Ter- got a target. I know but. they got Terrell Pryor. I know Redskins fans are really excited about Josh mm-hmm. Doxson. But what would tell Kirk Cousins? We are in this for you. We want you here on a long term deal. Than to say. Look at that. We're bringing you in another Then to weapon. say, look at the money we just spent <laughs> on this guy uh, that we could have spent on you. Um, I think Kirk Cousins wouldn't be mad, though. No, I don't think he'd be mad. Having a nice because, shiny new toy to throw to. Yeah, he'd be able to pad those stats and mm-hmm. get an even bigger contract when he goes to San Francisco. It'd be mm-hmm. great. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things where I have no faith in the Washington Redskins organization doing anything that makes sense. So you just you're like so I'm I, shooting in town. I don't think they would. I mm-hmm. but I see that and I. Go, it would be nice. It'd be a great target. I'm like they're the team that should make the. They're the team. One of the teams that should make the pass. So what I'm going to say here, kind of to wrap everything up, is the teams that the top three I would go if I'm given like the let's say the recruit when we get to the high school. It's like my top five schools, my top yeah. three. If I'm labeling it down to a top three schools. My favorite would be the Baltimore Ravens. Like yep. I said, that's a division where it's the most fragile division of the ones that we've mentioned. And he could go in, have a quarterback that could throw him the ball, and he could do some damage in that division. Number two would be the Cardinals. He'd have a solid number one next to him. He would have a, I'm going to say, Hall of Fame quarterback in, in Carson Palmer. I don't know about that. A solid quarterback. I'm going to say all pro, maybe yeah. even a Hall of Fame. I'll give you, you the all pro. There. I just don't think he's going to probably make it to the Hall of Fame. He needs that ring first. He's he, one of those guys. And Jeremy Macklin might be able to help him get mm-hmm. that ring if he could stay healthy. That's the only thing that he needs to do. And then the third team that would be the farthest out for me 
would be the Detroit Lions just because I'd get to play with Matthew Stafford and have a solid quarterback in that, even though I'd be in that division with two tough defenses in the Bears and the Vikings, but I would pick the Ravens overall. Who would be your top three and who would you pick? Well, uh... Number one, the Ravens are who I'm going to pick. That's there's no doubt about that. I already said that. Um, I'm going to go slightly different than than Ricky. Mm-hmm. I would avoid Arizona because Carson Palmer. I wanted to say went so badly there. Carson Palmer <laughs> is not going to be healthy, and you know Fitzgerald is moments away from retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you're going to get that ring if you're seeking that. So I'm going to say number two is the Buffalo Bills because they're going to pay you. Okay. They're going to pay you big. And you get to play with Jeremy Macklin, who you have spent time with. Yep. Uh, and then the third one that I'm going to go to, a different route because I just think it'll be interesting. Okay. L.A., man. Go play for the Rams. Go play for the Rams. Go just, play for the Rams. Just because it's L.A.? They're going to pay you once again. You'll get paid. But the other part is there are good pieces there. They need a guy like you mm-hmm. to bring that team to the next level. we got to hope that, of course, Jared Goff is the real deal, like you would have hoped when you drafted the guy number one overall. And that would be the one thing, the main thing that would steer me away mm-hmm. from the Rams is the question mark of Jared Goff. When I have teams out there like even the Bills you mentioned, the Ravens we've mentioned, I would even throw the Lions in there of, I can go there and have a solid quarterback throw me the ball. Even, let's put it this way, I would even pick the Bears over the Rams because I would be either A, more confident in Mike Glennon or more confident in the rookie Mitchell Trubisket Mm -hmm. than Jared Goff right now. Like, that's where I am with the Jared Goff confidence meter. We still need to see something. I wouldn't be yeah. confident in going there. To be fair, you still need to see something out of Glenn and or Trubisky as well. True, true. I mean, hey, Trubisky did uh, all the, I find it funny because mm-hmm. Mike Rankin was like, oh, all the writers were like, oh, why did we pick him here? And then they like and they loved him. mini camps. It's like, oh, he's got some zip on the ball. Yeah. I like this kid. <laughs> Look, I like this kid. Can throw the he ball. looks like he can play football. <laughs> But How this, good? But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below in the comment section. Give me your top three teams. So if you were coming up with a top three team list for Macklin to go to, who would they be? And then give me that number one team. What team would you go to if you were Jeremy Macklin? But, Mark, we are going to move on and start the meat and potatoes of this podcast, the first ever preview for the 2017 offseason we're starting a two-month journey now, which all of June, all of July, up until we get the Hall of Fame game. I want to say it's on August 3rd this year. Can't is wait. It's the Hall of Fame game for the preseason, the first time we will get football this season. And how we do it, if you're new to the Onside Kick and Most Valuable Podcast, is each week we do a division. We're going to have each team as a segment, kind of talk about each team, and then kind of leave it up to you to let us know in the comment section. We're starting with the AFC West. and. We're going to start with the bottom feeder, which is the L.A. Chargers, not the San Diego Chargers, mm-hmm. the Los Angeles to be fair, Chargers. The now. Los Angeles Chargers aren't necessarily the bottom feeder. They're not. That was that San Diego team yeah, that, that we uh, don't talk about n- anymore. Now they are the real deal as they are moving yeah. to L.A. to play with the Rams in their stadium once it's built. But this is a team through free agency, according to the NFL.com free agent tracker, they didn't really have a lot kind of go on. They, I mean, the big one was Russell Okun is now coming on to play on the offensive line. 
They re-signed Jaleel Aday, the um, safety, and really the only one that's not on the team anymore that was last year, Danny Woodhead, the main departure coming into this year. They're going to have rookies come into it. Their big one that they signed, the wide receiver, Mike Williams, to help out on that kind of wide receiver core. I'm going to ask you, Mark, because this is the Chargers are usually your team. When we do the season prediction videos, mm-hmm. you're usually the one that backs that has, the Chargers. I have high hopes. You have high hopes for the yeah. Chargers. What do you think is going to go on in Chargerland this year? Well, I think that Mike Williams proved to be very reliable. Mm-hmm. And something that the, the Chargers kind of lack in uh, – in their past few seasons, was being a reliable team. They're a team that always kind of just misses. Now, and I mentioned the wide receiver, but I don't want to put the blame on wide receivers mm-hmm. here. Uh, the Chargers are one of those teams that are constantly in the game and then somehow manage to lose the game. And if we want to talk about you know players who were in the game and managed to win the game, that's one reason why Mike Williams is such an exciting target for the newly L.A. Chargers. Uh, This is a team that's got some great pieces on defense. I'm excited to see Joey Bosa have an entire year to play. Even an offseason to work, because remember last year it was uh, the Bosa gate of, Mm -hmm. hey, when's he going to sign his contract? He he wants that big money, man. He don't want to. And I didn't expect him to do that great Mm -hmm. missing the offseason, but he did a fantastic job. Uh, when he did have the opportunity out there. The Bosa constrictor. Yeah, so <laughs> I would love to see uh, what he can do this time, and I definitely think he's going to make uh, life kind of hell for some of these quarterbacks out there. Uh, but for the Chargers, honestly, I expect a better season than 5-11, and 11, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting too far ahead of myself and expecting a great season out well, of them. And to me, the biggest thing about the Chargers heading into this season is – the health of Keenan Allen, because for the past two years, injury, and he's been sidelined. We haven't seen anything from him. This is supposed to be the guy that is your number one target, the guy leading your wide receiver core, and he's injured. You can't have that. That's part of a reason why I feel like they went out and drafted a Mike Williams of, hey, if Keenan Allen's out there, great. Mike mm-hmm. Williams can be the number two, number three, one of our starting wide receivers. However, if Keenan Allen gets injured, we need someone for Phillip Rivers to throw the ball to. Because not only if Keenan Allen gets injured this year, Travis Benjamin is now their pseudo pseudo number one, but not really, because I would put Mike Williams at that number one slot. Travis Benjamin slides into the number two, and then really you got. I, I would say either Inman or Bruce kind of move in to that slot receiver role. You're going to miss a lot, especially when, I mean, Hunter Henry came on last year as the rookie. Really the big thing I remember him from last year was that game against the Colts where the Chargers were in it. Late in the game in the fourth, Hunter Henry fumbled the ball. The Chargers lost that game. But the thing with the tight ends is Tony Gates is getting old. He ain't going to be here forever. He's kind of getting to the end of the line. So if you lose Keenan Allen, yeah, you have Antonio Gates, but he's getting to the end of the line. How can Hunter Henry step up in year two? And what are we going to see from Mike Williams as a rookie? Because all these rookies, like the main ones towards the top, we expect him to come in and produce right away. However, you got to understand, they're rookies. They're, They're going to have kind of 
growing pains throughout the season. I would say especially a rookie like Mike Williams, who he's not like coming in and it's like, boom, this is like a Randy Moss type of talent coming in. That's why I think the health of Keenan Allen is the biggest question mark to me. What is he going to do? How is he going to stay healthy this year? And can he be the number one for this team Mm -hmm. yet again? Yeah, I definitely think that Keenan Allen's health is vitally important for sure uh, because him and Mike Williams can be a great complement to each Mm -hmm. other. You know, having them out there is only going to make Melvin Gordon do better um, and make him do as well as he kind of has shown some of those flashes. Uh, To kind of go with that on the... um, um, well, actually, this, is, I guess, is the wrong side. I'm pr- I think uh, Forrest Lamp's going to play on the left side of the line. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy who I'm very, very excited to see what he can do. Uh, because I thought that this was a guy who dropped way further than he needed to drop. Because, yes, we're just talking beginning of the second round. But this was a guy who I was thinking was, you know, for my mock drafts, I had him in the mid to late first round. You know, I was... It was a guy who I thought was going to be a great addition, a great solid rock in an offensive line. And the Chargers, what do they need help with as well? Solidifying that offensive line. So that's going to help out bring this team forward. The interesting thing about the Chargers is last year, I mean, they have Phillip Rivers. You know, they have great wide receivers. They have Antonio Gates. This offensive passing attack is always going to be good. It was the run game that wasn't where you wanted it to be. And then it was the defense letting teams score too many points, which is unfortunate because this team Mm -hmm. on offense could score a lot of points. They just gave up more, unfortunately, because the defense couldn't quite keep going as well. And I'm glad you brought up the offensive line because when you look at the center and the entire left side of their line, the entire left side... Oh, Kuhn right now is slotted at left tackle. This is mm-hmm. according to rlads.com. Lamp is slotted at the left guard. And they also have a new center coming in. The Bears released Slauson May 1st, May 7th of 2016. Boom, he got a two-year deal with the Chargers. So they have yeah. pretty much the center and whole left side of their line is brand new. Protecting it, protecting Phillip Rivers. I almost said Aaron Rodgers. Protecting Phillip Rivers. And also making sure you have that run game for Melvin Gordon because he had a big year last year. His rookie year, we looked at it and it was we made the joke of, wow, his mom doesn't even want to wear his jersey because he's that bad. Mm-hmm. Only had 641 yards that year on 148 carries. Didn't have a single touchdown. Plus those touchdowns had 10 of them. In 2016, almost had an 1,000-yard season. Yeah. So now you're adding those two, plus a guy who's not even slotted right now to start, but they also bring in Dan Feeney, so they get two rookies coming in that could help them in the offensive line department to either A, protect Phillip Rivers, or make those holes for Melvin Gordon to run through. Yep. It's really going to come down to this. I mean, the run game needs to improve. And like we're saying, like you you said as well, mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon had a good season last year, but this he run game Yeah, this run game wasn't where you want it to be, mm-hmm. where you want it to go. So you have to continue moving forward. The passing game, I mean, if it gets better, fantastic, but it's already one of the better passing attacks in the NFL. The thing that they really need is they need to continue getting pressure on quarterbacks. And the secondary needs to just be as solid as possible not to give up those touchdowns because this team, 
constantly is I mean this is not just last season the season before this is just Chargers football here they're mm-hmm. constantly in the game and then they lose it in the fourth quarter that's typically how Chargers just ball like works. that just like that cult game I mentioned in the game yeah Hunter Henry fumbles they lose the game and that one's one where you're that's not actually just, you know not it's not the defensive mm-hmm. fault there yeah um that's the one that just sears into my brain just mm-hmm. and it's there that's and, what I remember and unfortunately for Chargers fans that's what they're kind of used to is a lot of those heartbreaks mm-hmm. uh and it's unfair to the fans it's unfair to a guy who is talented as Philip Rivers uh, and they have a lot of talent on this team. And that's kind of the last guy I wanted to bring up before we kind of move on into the next team, which will be the Denver Broncos, is the one guy we have not talked about. We've talked about everyone around him. We've kind of hit on the defense a little bit. Really the big thing with them is Joey Bosa. How is he? He's the one on the defense that I'm looking for. Is How is he going to mature in in year number two? I also like Desmond King, who they brought in one of the rookies, I believe they're going to have him play safety, but really the one guy we haven't mentioned, Philip Rivers. Is this the year where we finally look at the Chargers and go, wow, they finally gave him some help. They finally gave him some offensive line help. He has mm-hmm. a running back behind him that he can lean on in Melvin Gordon. Keenan Allen is not hurt, so he has a wide receiver that he can use. Oh, shoot, Mike Williams, they also drafted him. He's also providing help. To Philip Rivers, is this kind of the year where Philip Rivers is able to put it all together because he has everything around him working and clicking in order? Well, I hope so. And I mean, Philip Rivers, I don't want to put it like Philip Rivers is something bad. I and mean, Philip Rivers is always the bright spot. Just on this hasn't team. had anything to work yeah. with, really. Everything hasn't come together for mm-hmm. him in LA, and, well, in San Diego. I, I know that this is not going to happen because this mm-hmm. is not the way the Chargers are built, but I always want to see that 5,000, at least close to it, 5,000-yard uh, season for Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's typically that 4,000-yard type of guy, but I would just love to see it. What he really needs is that running game to help him out, and he can afford to give up some of those yards for the run game to be going well. Uh, and not, I don't want to call him game manager because that's not what he is, but maybe be a little bit more of the game manager and allow some of the other players to to kind of uh, show off a little bit. And that way, too, maybe that helps the guy like Keenan Allen stay healthy. I don't really know for sure because mm-hmm. Keenan Allen's not good at being healthy. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of opportunity for Phillip Rivers to kind of meet some more of that potential that he's got um, for a guy who's always that kind of Underloved, underappreciated quarterback in the NFL. No, and this this year for Philip Rivers is going to be, I'm going to say, the most important year, not just for him, but for the Chargers in general. Because I look at the one thing we forgot to mention: their coaching staff is pretty much brand new. The only one from offense and defense and head coach that are staying the same is Ken Wisenhunt. He's the only kind of constant that stays with this. Anthony Lynn, new head coach coming over. From Buffalo, I remember we talked about it when it happened. We had that huge podcast, the Black Monday podcast, where we talked about all the new coaches that um, were coming to new teams. And also defensive coordinator, he used to be the head coach in Jacksonville, but now we have Gus Bradley over doing the defensive coordinator work with the Chargers. So this is kind of a coaching staff that... It's you've got new defensive coordinator, new head coach. The only yeah. constant is Ken Wisenhunt. That's the one I like to see though, because you can have that 
Philip Rivers isn't going to have to learn a brand new mm-hmm. offensive system. It's going to yeah. be—he's working still with Ken Wisenhunt. There might be some small tweaks, though, for what Anthony mm-hmm. Lynn wants to do overall. Yeah, this this uh, this new coaching staff, with the exception of Wisenhunt, kind of do have some things to prove mm-hmm. this year. Um, there was a lot Especially of people. Lynn, he's yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of people, including the two of us, who uh, had a lot of questions about Anthony mm-hmm. Lynn uh, and that hiring. So. They need to go out, win some games, and prove us wrong. Well, this is where we're going to turn the question on to you. L.A. Charger fans, if there are any of you in L.A., I know a lot of you are in San Diego still, but let us know down below. What do you think about your Chargers heading into this year? I know it's early right now. That's how it usually is for these beginning previews that we get, but still let us know down below. What do you think about your Chargers heading into the 2017 season? But, Mark, we're going to move on. The next team we're talking about, they finished third in the division last year, the Denver Broncos. And Bronco fans, I'm going to tell you yet again, this year I'm probably not going to hate on you guys as much, but I've got to say it. I told you so. I told you guys you weren't going to make the playoffs. You didn't listen to me. I just have to put it in your face one more time. But talking about the Denver Broncos, the big losses that they have coming into the season, like we said, Russell Okun. He is now in L.A. We've got Webster's no longer there. Sylvester Williams is no longer there. And obviously DeMarcus Ware leaving as well. Some of the big guys that they have coming in. We've got um, Pecco coming in on the defensive line. We've got Leary coming in. We've got Jamal Charles coming in for the running back game. And this is a team, Mark, where I feel like the place we need to start with this one is... Who's going to play quarterback? Because this is a team I still don't think Trevor Simeon is the guy. Why did you draft Paxton Lynch if, like, is he going to have to wait another year to develop? And with the last pick in the draft, they went ahead and took Chad Kelly. Swag Kelly. Swag Kelly. I'm sorry. Or as Sean calls him, Cad Kelly. So they take Chad Kelly. I almost said Cad Kelly. Swag Kelly. Swag Kelly. Mm -hmm. Swagalicious Kelly. But... This is like they don't have a like quarterback to me. Trevor Simeon is not the answer. He's probably going to be the starter, let's be honest, but they still didn't fix the quarterback position. Well, they they have this long-term project that they drafted in the first mm-hmm. round that's Paxton Lynch. Uh and John Elway seems very okay with the fact of trying to go a Brett uh, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers like route. Except Trevor Simeon's not Brett Favre. Hey, you know what? Time will tell <laughs> for all you Trevor Simeon fans out there. Um, no, I mean, I just, uh, I should say for all you Wildcat fans out there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's they're trying to have this kind of long developing situation go on here mm-hmm. uh, with Paxton Lynch because he does have more things to work out mechanic-wise, blah, blah, blah. I have never really been a fan of Paxton Lynch. I didn't think it was a good draft pick. I didn't think he was a good prospect. Um Although I did think that whoever drafted him back then would be one of those teams that has the ability to work with him for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Trevor Simeon's one of those guys where he doesn't necessarily do anything to lose the job. He's also not really doing anything to say, that's our guy. You know, 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. All right. You're not upset. You know, 3,400 yards. Once again, you're not upset. Um 
really what it comes down to for the Denver Broncos, though, of course, is the fact that the way this team is built, they are supposed to be a defensive team that mm-hmm. runs the ball really well and the quarterback does smart things. Trevor Simeon does smart things with the football. It's just that the defense who is there, they're not getting the support from that run game. That run game is really what the biggest miss was mm-hmm. to me last season. And Quarterbacks, we knew we were going to take a step back. You mm-hmm. knew that you had a game manager in Trevor Simeon uh, you know, who just needed help, and he didn't get that help. Nobody got help from one of the weakest running games in the NFL last year. Well, and I mean, they go ahead and... They keep C.J. Anderson because there was the whole thing of mm-hmm. is he going to leave? They pay up for him. And then also it's like this offseason, they go ahead and who's the big running back that I mentioned that they're bringing in? Jamal Charles? That's a big like, one. I, I, I Well, I look at it and I go— I like Jamal Charles. If he's—yeah, I like it if he's on the field. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. Like it's kind of like the Keenan—the thing I said about Keenan Allen last segment— is what I'm going to say about Jamar Charles. If he's on the field, great. You've got a solid backup, a solid one-two punch with Anderson and Charles. But the thing with Charles, and I know this very well because I draft him in fantasy a lot of times, and he gets injured all the time, is he's injured. Like yeah. That's what it is. He just but gets he's injured. not going to really have to be that main guy. In Kansas City, mm-hmm. he was, you know, that's guy Until kind of uh, Tyreek Evans took the job from mm-hmm. him a little bit. But a lot of that— Charkandrick West took the job from him. Spencer mm-hmm. Ware took the job from him. A lot of him. that was on the kind of decline yeah. there for him in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, C.J. Anderson's going to take a lot of that off. Booker's going to take a lot of that off as well. Not a lot, but he's going to be there getting carries as well. Mm-hmm. So they're, I don't think, going to press Jamal, Jamal Charles too much. They'll understand and allow him to kind of be healthy. I would hope. I would hope that's the game plan for them, and they're not going to say, go out there and do it. Uh but just getting that going, even just having the threat of another guy who's very reliable, is going to, of course, improve the rest of the team and get them back to the way they were when they were successful. Yeah, and I mean, I look at this team, to me, is in a very vulnerable situation um, because you looked at it last year, a 9-7 and seven team, and you might look and say, hey, you Better know what? Better than you expected, nine, a lot of people expected. 9-7, and seven, that's a winning record. You can look at it. However... You still have a new coach coming in in Vance Joseph. I don't really like your offensive coordinator. I don't think Mike McCoy maybe is an offensive coordinator better than he'll be than he was as a head coach. He's a good offensive coordinator, no doubt. I don't think he's going to be able to do anything though with Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch. That's the big question. He's a good guy with quarterbacks. With the quarterback situation, however, I look at the rest of this team and it's like I look at the wide receivers. Cool, we've got Thomas and Sanders still. You've got guys to throw to. You've got guys on the running backs, like we talked about with Anderson and Charles. We've got, like, the biggest thing defensively that made me be like, oh, that's a loss is DeMarcus Ware. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know if the next man up, either whether if it's um, Sirik or Wolf, if they're able to kind of fill in that rush side of it. But they did, the draft, they did draft Walker as well. They did draft Walker. However, right now, is he going to be kind of fast-tracked, using a term from the Browns, mm-hmm. is he going to be fast-tracked for a starting position? I know they got Pico to be the nose tackle. I mean, Von Miller's still there. Brand, the other Brandon Marshall, don't get him mixed up on Twitter, is still there. They still got Shane Ray, Tlaib, Ward, Harris. 
The defense is still there. The only thing I wonder with this team is, are they going to be good enough to be like, yeah, we're a winning record, but man, the Chiefs and Chiefs and Raiders, man, they just they just got and, our number. And that's really the problem for uh, for the Denver Broncos mm-hmm. is the fact that they kind of are still that third team. Uh, and they have potential to get ahead of a Kansas City Chiefs. Because the defense is, like, the defense, I'm naming all those guys, maybe mm-hmm. with Shane Ray is the main kind of one where I would take out of it. Like Von Miller, Brandon Marshall, Ward, Tlaib, Harris. They're all getting old every year. Every year they're a year older. That's how it works. Sanders and Thomas, same thing. You're a year older. Mm-hmm. This whole team's getting older and it's going to be, I think it's one of those things where I know the window isn't like ready to close, but you got to figure that quarterback situation out because you don't want that window. Like yeah. Paxton Lynch is ready, bam, the window's closed. Well, I think the thing for, for them and, and the quarterback situation, they're still, I think in their eyes, they have it figured out. Mm-hmm. They're just still working on it, if that makes sense. Like they know the answer is Paxton Lynch. Mm-hmm. They just need to get a few more things fixed for Paxton Lynch, and then he will be what they're viewing as the quarterback of the franchise. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They got to get that. They got to A, get it figured mm-hmm. out, B, get it into effect sooner rather than later, because I kind of look at it and think the kind of the what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of the trek that we're seeing right now with the Raiders, mm-hmm. young talent, and they're just they're on this kind of trajectory. Yeah. I feel like with the Broncos, it's Super Bowl, and right now their trajectory is going this way as they are watching the Raiders kind mm-hmm. of pass them by. And, and that's right a up. new word by Ricky, projectory. Projectory. It's a of brand trajectory. new one. Or projection, <laughs> either one. You combine them into one word. Uh, but the thing you like about the Denver Broncos is how much of this young talent they have drafted, mm-hmm. and they have them in positions where they are learning, and they are getting to get their reps a little bit, and like then I they did, can kind of take over. Like I did like the Garrett Bowles pick. You mm-hmm. lose Okun, like we said, goes over to the um, Chargers, you get his eventual replacement in yeah. Bowls. None of the people that they drafted in this draft are, are going to take over right away. Exactly. They are all people who have mm-hmm. the opportunity to sit, learn, and kind of study up. Um, Jake Butt, I like that one too. Yeah, I just don't think that there's too much of a difference uh, this year than last year for for the uh, the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. The team is pretty much the same with the exception of getting a guy like Jamal Charles in there to help out the run game. Besides that, I really don't see that much that's different. I don't expect that much different out of the team this coming season either. Yeah, and I mean, this could be a team that, I mean, looking at, I know we're going to do the um, game-by-game predictions just later on, but this is going to be a team where, I mean, I look at the schedule. Division's obviously going to be important because I think that they can sweep the Chargers and then maybe split with the Raiders and the Chiefs at best. Like, if we're looking at, to me, a win, it's like, great. We got four wins in the division and only two losses. That's the Mm -hmm. best you're going to do. However, I could see them maybe going a 3-3 and or even a 2-4 and at worst in this division and then it's like you got games. The Giants are going to be hard. Dallas is going to be hard. That's week two, Dallas. So they might not have a ton of injuries by that time. There might not be a lot of guys banged up yeah. by that time, like you might get at the end of the season. The Giants are going to be tough. The Patriots are going to be tough. Like I said, the Redskins late in the year. 
this is a schedule that has its spots where it could be difficult on top of those two divisional opponents that I mentioned Mm -hmm. in a Raiders team that's going this way and a Chiefs team that is already at the top of the division. And they're a team that we're saying is, yep, AFC West champions. How are they going to do in the playoffs? And the hard thing for them going forward with this season, you know, and and they do have some – I'll call them easier games, more winnable games later on in the year. You know, Dolphins, Jets, uh, mm-hmm. Bengals. Um, they do have some of those games. But early on in the year, where this is a really tough schedule, the hard thing is what's been the talk lately is that the Broncos offense is kind of slowly learning the playbook. I don't mm-hmm. want to say they're struggling to learn the playbook, but they're kind of slowly getting used to Mike McCoy's playbook. And that's the kind of thing that can lead to early mistakes in weeks one, two, and three, you know, that can lead to these kind Maybe of the Chargers side jump on issues. Them. Maybe the Chargers jump on them week one. And you could lose one of those games that you thought should have been a winnable game for you. At Buffalo week three. And that kind of puts you behind. That mm-hmm. kind of ruins the schedule. And then all of a sudden you're the team but trying to play catch up. And mm-hmm. it's a tough schedule. So it's going to be hard for them. Um, to me, I had the Denver Broncos kind of still in that third place. Yeah, it's going to be tough to, like I said, to me the big question with them is that quarterback situation, but obviously it's not like they were going to go out and try to get a free agent quarterback. They weren't going to try to trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo. They weren't in a situation like the Browns, Niners, or Bears were with a quarterback or even the Jets were with a quarterback situation. They're kind of, to me, how I would describe their quarterback situation is kind of quarterback purgatory where it's like, yeah, we don't have Tom Brady, but at least we're not the Jets, or at least we're not the Browns, or they've at least got we're their not idea. The they just need to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, they're actually in a pretty similar situation to you mentioned the Chicago Bears of the fact of we got this guy who's kind of a veteran, a little bit established, they're just a year ahead of it in the process. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And then they got the young guy who they're developing. So very similar situation. Well, and the last thing I will say about this team as they just to me it's those divisional opponents and the Raiders and the Chiefs what can you do against those two teams this year mm-hmm. especially the Raiders because they kind of shocked the world they didn't really I expected a little bit a better. lot of people were high on them yeah. I did not expect them to be as good as they were it looks like Derek Carr has that team going and that team is turning the corner at the right time and now people are going to be more excited for the Raiders heading in, but we're going to turn it on to you guys. Let us know, Bronco fans, what do you think down below in the comment section about your team heading into the 2017 year? Let us know down below in the comment section. And Mark, speaking of the Raiders, we are going to talk about the Oakland Raiders, almost the Las Vegas Raiders, but for right now, they are still the Oakland Raiders. Just win, baby. That's exactly what they did last year. That's exactly what they did. Well, hey, they made the playoffs. Yeah. I'll I'll give it to them. And then then they lost. For the the longest time, we've had the joke here of get eight wins and we'll have a parade in Oakland. I hope you guys paraded it up this year because you guys had more. You guys had more than eight wins. And heading into this year, obviously the biggest question we're going to talk about with them is Derek Carr coming back, Mm -hmm. A, from the injury, B, is he going to get an extension? 
those are the big questions with him. Some of the guys they got coming in from free agency, you got Jelani Jenkins, who's following me on Twitter. Shout out to Jelani Jenkins. Jared Cook coming over from the Green Bay Packers. Cordell Patterson coming over from my Minnesota Vikings. Some guys who are leaving, though. They got a few of them. DJ Hayden no longer there. Stacy McGee no longer there. Latavius Murray going to my Vikings. That's a perfect trade with Cordell Patterson. Malcolm Smith. We've got Watson who's gone. Darren Bates who's gone. Nate Allen who's gone. And to me, where I want to start this is let's start with Derek Carr. All right. Because he's the centerpiece. Coming back from the injury that he had last year, many have said if he would have never gotten injured, this Raider team could have probably made a push in the playoffs and would have made things more interesting than they ended up doing in the playoffs. I'm going to ask you, what happens this year with Derek Carr coming back from that? And do we see this year where... Derek Carr gets an extension this offseason before the season starts. So I think that he will obviously come back strong. Um, there's so many pieces to this offense. And this is one of the best running games, one of the better passing games. Mm-hmm. And Oh, and I forgot Marshawn Lynch. Yep. So there, I forgot about that one. That's a big one, hard to forget. Uh, so there's so much going on here. And obviously that kind of swap at running back. Mm-hmm. You expect him to keep going forward, keep going strong. Marshawn Lynch has to, I guess, you know, get back into football. You know, football I don't want to say shape. back into football shape because someone's going to get mad at me. But <laughs> well, get he's back not, he's not Eddie Lacy. He doesn't have to take the P90X challenge again. Yeah, right. Uh, but he's got to get back used to playing football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's so many things to like about the Oakland Raiders. I definitely expect Derek Carr to have a great season. Uh, the only other thing that I will kind of add to this, I don't necessarily know that he gets that extension done mid-year or anything like that, but he's going to easily get it done as soon as there's the opportunity for them mm-hmm. in the offseason. They're not going to let this kid, you know, get out into the open water. Walk and, anywhere. And exactly, go anywhere. And I don't think he wants to go anywhere. He wants to do this for well, what Oakland, will soon Oakland's be Las team. Vegas. Well, yeah, Las Vegas now. Like the mm-hmm. Raiders are his team and to me the Raiders they're that team like I mentioned during the Bronco segment I mean Bronco fans probably got mad at me that I was mentioning the Raiders so much during their segment of our preview but this is a team to me that is just heading on the up climb a word I love to use they're just heading on that up climb a word (laughs) a word that I like to Mm -hmm. use but they've got the Derek Carr obviously at the center of the offense I mean, they had Latavius Murray. He leaves. They get Marshawn Lynch, who is obviously a even, if not a little bit better, replacement in how you see that happening. You have the one-two punch at wide receiver with Crabtree and Cooper. They add Cordell Patterson. He can be a nice kind of 3-4 guy, but really let's use him in the return game and let him help us out there as well and then getting Jared Cook made the big catch obviously against the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs can help on the tight end role and then when you look defensively Khalil Mack is still there you have Bruce Irvin Jelani Jenkins coming over Carl Joseph there Reggie Nelson this is a defense that has its pieces an offense that has its pieces and they are primed to I'm going to go ahead and say it. They're either going to be the wild card this year or they will compete with the Chiefs for the AFC West crown this year. Mm -hmm. They are going to do it. They are going, this is going to be a very competitive Mm -hmm. Oakland Raider team. And the reason why 
It all starts at the top with their head coach, Dak Jack Del Rio, Black Jack Del Rio, and how he sets this team up with the mindset each and every game. Well, no one is surprised and no one uh, doubts that they're going to be competing mm-hmm. and they're going to get in the playoffs. Uh, the thing is, they had a great running game. Their uh, passing game was one of the better ones, like I said. They knew how to score points. They knew how to score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. The problem they had was defense. Defense was letting them down every now and then. Not a ton because, once again, this is one of the best teams mm-hmm. in the NFL last year. But when it comes down to the units, that's the unit that wasn't well, doing that great. That's the unit that, that would have struggled the most, really, in the playoffs, even with Derek Carr. And that's where the two additions that I look at for this defense is, mm-hmm. first off, like I mentioned, Jelani Jenkins adding a guy to be – He's going to play the weak linebacker position for the um, outside linebacker. You'll have Irvin on the strong side, uh, Jenkins on the weak side, and then Corey James right there. But you even look at their draft, and the first thing they do is defense, defense, defense. Yeah, and I was going to bring up the guy that they selected in the first round, which many, it's still a question mark because as of right now, we have um, Jerron Conley. Went ahead, met with police in early May. They said it's going to be six to eight weeks, so two more weeks from where we are right now before, well, I should say two to four more weeks before their investigation is closed on him. That's one where, I mean, people are still saying that could be a risky pick. However, if his name is cleared, that's a steal in the first round for them to add a starting cornerback who can help them in that defensive game one of the things, and like you said, defense, defense, defense is what they did with their first three picks. Yeah, and it's the thing that they needed the most because everything else is pretty set. I mean, when you can go and pick up a piece in free agency like Marshawn Lynch, mm-hmm. you don't get to do that every day. You don't get to get one of the all-stars, one of the One team's uh, trash, one of the it's our team's treasure, baby. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and really, if this defense was just a little bit better, mm-hmm. this is a team that's kind of a sure thing. Yeah. Because they can put up their points, they can run all over you, but then they're going to stop you from scoring as well. That's going to be a huge addition. Uh, this Oakland Raiders thing uh, team right now, they are the hottest team coming into the NFL besides the Patriots. They are the kind of it team this year that everyone's going to be talking about. So if you're sick of hearing about the Oakland Raiders right now, uh, it's only going to get worse from this point forward. But if you're watching this video, I'm sure you like the Oakland Raiders, Mm -hmm. so you're probably pretty excited to hear them be talked about nonstop. You want another hot take from me? You want another hot take for the Oakland Raiders? Is this one going to be a real hot take? This could be a real one of there's a solid, I would say a 90% chance, maybe 85% chance, Mm -hmm. this team starts 6-0 to start the year. The only loss that I see they could get in their first six games is the Ravens, depending on how... A, however, the Ravens come out, and B, if they get Jeremy Macklin. Well, uh, at Tennessee will be tough to start the season. I'm going to go ahead and take the. I'll take the Raid. Ra- I'll take the Raiders as an early favorite in that one. But well, I, I mean, think they're the favorite, but I mean, it's a tougher game than people are going to think. People are going to overlook the the Titans. But I look at the rest of those. I mean, Washington and the Ravens aren't the easiest, but the Jets should be a win. Denver, I think they can beat. L. A. should be a win. I mean, to me, their first real like toughest game. Thursday night, week seven, going up against KC. And yeah. I mean, this and team. Most, the divisional is going to be tough always. And this team, looking at the schedule, is they've got, to me, a easier front half, loaded, loaded second half. Like, there's a stretch where New England, and then after that, 
New York, Kansas City, Dallas, back to back to back, right away, one on the road, two at home. Like, this is a team that, like, if Oakland wants to be successful this year, they got to do their business right away from off the start. Bank those wins in the early season Mm -hmm. because the back end of their schedule might be a little tough and will really, like, Eli Manning, Alex Smith, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, I'll even throw Carson Wentz in there. Those are quarterbacks that are going to test this defense, say, huh, how good have you been in a year? You made these additions. Let me go ahead and test you. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, the thing that the Oakland Raiders always have, and one of the big assets they had last year was they'll win in a a shootout. Mm -hmm. You're probably not going to beat the Oakland Raiders in a shootout, uh, especially like Derek Carr and his abilities and his ability to just sling it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's impressive where they haven't necessarily needed the defense to be that great because they can go head-to-head. And the one thing I want to ask you, I know we met, we mentioned his name, but I want to ask you what you really expect from mm-hmm. him, Marshawn Lynch. Like, we've mentioned that, hey, they have Marshawn Lynch, and yeah, another team's trash is another team's treasure. But with Marshawn Lynch coming over, you had mentioned, like, you didn't want to say he needs to get into football shape, but he's got to get back from transitioning from being retired he's been playing a lot of man to play. Yeah. What do you? What are your realistic expectations of Marshawn Lynch? Well, I definitely expect him to to be one of the better running backs in the NFL. But we got to remember a couple things too: is that they have such great passing weapons that they don't need Marshawn Lynch to be Marshawn Lynch of the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks typically were one of the fewest, uh, well, one of the teams that threw the ball the least in the NFL. That's not the Oakland Raiders game. They had a defense that would stop you cold, and then they'd run the ball on you all day. Exactly, and the Oakland Raiders are a team that's going to run the ball quite a bit, but they're going to throw the ball mm-hmm. and really just tire you out, tire your defense out is the name of their game. Uh, so you don't expect him to get as much of the game plan dedicated to him, uh, but I definitely think he's going to come out there. He's going to surprise some people. People will probably get really excited you know, somebody's going to draft him in the first round of your fantasy football league. I'm saying league. Take, take him early in fantasy. Not I'm your, saying don't. Not your number one running back, but may, depending on where you are when you're thinking about that second running back, I'd go ahead and take him. The main reason depends why— Depends what round you're in. The main reason why is because—and I'm a guy who, if you guys know me from fantasy, I'm a guy who says take your, take your two running backs right away. Number one, number two, first two rounds, and— the reason why I think so high of Marshawn Lynch is, yes, he's not going to get as much opportunities as he did in Seattle, but he's going to make more of less, I want to say, in Oakland because they're going to be opening up the running lanes by passing so much. Teams are going to not load the box. And how many times last year did we see Latavius Murray or even um, Jalen Richard just bust out a long run mm-hmm. and go for a touchdown? We've seen that from Marshawn Lynch could probably do it better yeah. than both of those guys. He's going to have less opportunities, but is going to mm-hmm. be able to do more because of the When offense. it comes to fantasy, my problem with Marshawn Lynch this coming season is I think that people are going to— I find it very hard to believe he's going to get out of the first round, and I don't think you should draft him in the first round. No, I'm not saying first round. I say take, But that's what I'm saying. Take your main he's not going to be there. I would say the highest I would take is second, third round. 
Second, third round is where I would think about taking him. And take your mm-hmm. run, take your first running back, and then after you get that first one, you're confident. You want go him to be running back number two. Yeah. And I'm just I'm just saying as a fact, he's not going to be there. So you, you think that a lot of people, people are going to take him in the first round? Oh yeah, round. he's Marshawn Lynch. Do you think someone in our league will? I mean, oh yeah. Pushing it off to the side, a little conversation about mm-hmm. our league. You yeah. think someone in our league would bite on Marshall? Well, it depends if we go. If we <laughs> depends if we go back to our uh, our new style of drafting. If we do, well, if so, you guys know the new style we did is each round you had to draft something different. So it could have been quarterback, could have been hat. wide receiver, could have been. I loved it. I've been I talking about that style of drafting for years, and, and the, I finally got someone convinced to do it. And the order changed each round. So like yeah, there were, did. there was one guy in our league he mapped out the average he had the average of the tenth pick each yeah time. he got screwed he got screwed with the uh, picking out of the hat but with this team Marshawn Lynch I think like you said he's gonna have less opportunities with this Raider team but I think because of the offense he's going to be able to do more with less and with Derek Carr I think that I don't want to say that Derek oh Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson is an amazing quarterback, but at the same time, I think that Derek Carr, because of how different he is from Russell Wilson, will be able to open up the passing lanes more than a Russell Wilson was able to because that Seahawks team was a little bit more Mm -hmm. dedicated to the run than the pass. Although Marshawn Lynch had the advantage of Russell Wilson always being the I'm going to scramble in the backfield. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see the way that Oakland utilizes Mm -hmm. him compared to the way he was used uh, in in Seattle. Um, But really, when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter because this team's going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, I'm saying it. This team is going to seriously compete with the Kansas City Chiefs for the division. But this is where you guys come in. Oakland Raider fans, let us know what you guys think of your team heading into 2017 down below in the comment section. And Mark, as Drake would say, we started from the bottom. Now we here at the top. Going to be talking about a team that I was mentioning could kind of get the uh, get the championship of the division stolen away from them by the Raiders. We're talking about, of course, the Kansas City Commander and Chiefers. And Mark, what I want to start with in this one is this podcast, we're kind of going full circle. We started talking about Jeremy Macklin. Where could he go? Now we're talking about the team that could cut him. The first thing I want to focus in on with these Chiefs is their wide receiver position. Right now you've got Chris Conley and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is now the kind of pseudo number one for this team. But I look at this wide receiver core, and to me they don't have a real wide receiver on this core. What is going to go on this year wide receiver-wise for Alex Smith to throw mm-hmm. to now that they don't have Jeremy Macklin. Well, it doesn't necessarily matter because they don't throw to him anyway. They don't throw to him. He he <laughs> had like uh I don't know, 500 some yards last year. Uh so it's not like it was a big piece of the offense, two touchdowns. All right. Well, cool. let's be honest. Their wide receivers don't score touchdowns. But that's the thing. Like unless your name's Travis Kelsey, you don't score touchdowns. That's not how this team works. So honestly, they're not going to miss much of anything. Mhm. Uh, and it's hard to say that because of Jeremy Macklin, he's a great talent. He's going to be great addition on whatever team he ends up joining. But right now, it's not really that big of a loss for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are one of those teams where on paper, they don't make much sense to you. They're not an amazing passing game. They're not an amazing run game, although they are a better run game than a lot of teams. Their defense is very good, uh, but they don't score a lot of points. 
So like you, they game manage. Yeah, exactly. That's what they are. They are their quarterback, mm-hmm. essentially, Alex Smith. Uh, they just kind of somehow managed to win a lot of games. And it's not even like a fluky kind of thing. It's just that they shouldn't win all these games. Mm-hmm. But that defense is so good and their offense does just enough. Uh, so Jeremy Macklin, sure, it's something to miss. But I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. You still have good uh, receivers, although not amazing. You still have Travis Kelsey, who is very reliable. Uh, Spencer Ware is going to be one of these guys that's going to have to kind of step up because the loss of Jamal Charles, mm-hmm. that's going to definitely— And also Niles Davis, too, from the run- yeah. running back committee. Uh, these are things that are going to be different for the team. Um, but it's not like they were the best running game and all of a sudden are lost. They were just kind of— Above average. And the thing with the run game, because you mentioned it, was the reason why I felt like Jamal Charles was expendable was because, hey, you've been hurt. Why should we keep you around when we could just we can work with Charmander West and Spencer Ware and even Tyreek Hill because he's kind of like that offensive weapon um, kind of a player. The biggest kind of loss that the defense had this offseason was Dontari Poe. He is now playing in Atlanta for the Super Bowl runners-up. And, I mean, they do bring in Logan from Philadelphia. They bring in Huff from Baltimore to kind of fill needs on the defensive line and um, defensive backcore. But really, this was a team lost two running backs. They lost Nick Foles. That's going to be a big loss for them. Quarterback-wise, they lose Dontari Poe. But the biggest loss to me could be Jeremy Macklin. However, I look at this team and like I saw when Jeremy Macklin was released, I'm like, okay, they don't they don't score touchdowns. They don't score touchdowns with their wide receivers. Like at first I'm like, oh my God, Jeremy Macklin. Holy shit, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And then I like actually it's like you start to like not react to it and actually start to process it and you go, yeah, you know, that makes sense. I mean, Tyreek yeah. Hill can be your number one because you don't use him like a typical wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can line up as a wide receiver, but most of the time it's Travis Kelsey's your wide receiver going out there for the long plays. What, he had 14, I want to say? Yeah, 14 20-plus yard catches where Tyreek Hill only had eight of them, where Tyreek Hill's kind of used more as that running back and that short yeah. passing game guy rather than the long guy and really like Jeremy Macklin, if you're not going to use him, why have him on the team? Yeah. I mean, it would have been nice for them if they could have traded him or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, Got something for him. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. They, I mean, maybe they weren't foreseeing this at this point or earlier on uh, when they could have gotten away with making mm-hmm. a trade or something like that, that would have helped. Um, but the interesting thing, when you start to look at the draft, as well for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh obviously Trading for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, obviously getting Mahomes kind of speaks volumes of where the team's at. I'm mm-hmm. saying, hey Alex Smith, do more or get out. But then you get a, you get rid of Jeremy Macklin. So it's like mm-hmm. do more with less or get out is what they're saying. Um I don't know. I don't want to say they're setting him up for failure because Alex Smith uh he can make it work with whatever's around him, um, but they sure aren't helping him keep that job. And the one thing that I'm glad that you brought up the kind of Mahomes to Alex Smith thing, because I'm trying to find it, and actually it's right here. It was on our video that we did, our segment, where it was 
right after the draft when we talked about they went up and drafted Mahomes mm-hmm. and the title of the segment with our Alex Smith's days numbered with the Chiefs, I actually wanted to bring up a comment to you because we had a comment. You had said something in that podcast where uh-huh. Alex Smith is on notice and his days, obviously it's what we were talking about, are his days numbered. And we had a comment from The Truth Matters. I want to read it for you because I want you to All respond right. to it, kind of bring the conversation yep. in. And he says, Alex Smith is on notice and he must put his game or he will be gone. Remember, Mahomes is on a rookie deal, so the Chiefs could be could keep both for years if Alex bailed out. They could also trade him if he bails out. The NFL is a very stupid organization when it comes to the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, yeah, he is on a rookie deal. They have five years uh, for we'll have the fifth year option. I mean, Alex Smith could be out after this year. Yeah, it really comes down to to tr- making this trade showed that the Kansas City Chiefs are not sold on Alex Smith and mm-hmm. they're ready to get rid of him at any point. Basically, that's what it said. They're saying not this year because you're still here this mm-hmm. year. I mean, we're going to let him learn. But hey, if you don't do it, you don't get it done. Well, we got this kid here that we believe in enough to trade for him. We'll get rid of you. We'll get rid of you anytime we want. That's basically what they're telling him. So my response to it is I do firmly believe that Alex Smith is basically uh, one foot in, one foot out. And they'll get rid of him the first chance that uh, they want to. The thing that worries me about this chief team is kind of a similar situation that I said about the Denver Broncos. The only difference is the Broncos are in a solid third place footing, Mm -hmm. whereas the Chiefs are on top looking down. And the thing that I wonder with this Chief team is, yes, the defense is good. However, did you not get, did you not add any good enough pieces this year to compete with the Raiders? Because like I said, we mentioned in the last segment when we talked about the Oakland Raiders, they have added pieces. Basically, how I am looking at it is, let's think of this, and of course I'm going to lose all of the sports fans here, unless you're kind of a sports nerd like myself, let's kind of think of this Game of Thrones style. The Raiders are adding pieces. They are preparing for war. They want to beat you. The Chiefs, it just seems like they're just sitting there like, yeah, we're content. We're on top. We're the kings. We're looking down at you. You're not going to beat us. But in the end, they could get upset when these two teams come to actual war, if we're thinking Mm -hmm. about it in that sense. Because, like, really look at the first round. Like, we mentioned with the Oakland Raiders, that first round, they make a risky move, go out and get the defensive back that they need. But then their next two picks, like you said, defense, defense. A need that they had. They needed to shore up that defense. What do the Chiefs do? Instead of maybe making a move that helps them improve for this year, kind of keep one step up on the Raiders, they give up picks to trade up for Mahomes that, yes, could set you up for the future, but what is that going to do for this year? I just the, yeah. My biggest worry with the Chiefs is you didn't do enough this offseason to fend off the Raiders, mm-hmm. and it's a real good possibility, like I said, that the Raiders could upset you for the division. Will you probably yeah. still make the playoffs? Yeah, 
But this could be the year where the Chiefs are like, shit, we're a wild card team. Well, it's an Andy Reid team, so uh, we need to remember that Andy Reid make gets the most out of a lot of his players. Mm-hmm. So he's able to still do that. Um, and I do agree. The uh, the Oakland Raiders are going up. The Denver Broncos are kind of just hovering plateau. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City Chiefs are just with them, hovering and plateauing. The only difference is the Chiefs are up here compared to the Broncos um, who are yeah, down that's, here. Yeah, that's the records. Yeah. Um, <laughs> On paper, I like the Denver Broncos more than I like the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. It's just that the Chiefs perform better on the field. Yeah. Um, so, you know, paper doesn't matter too much. Mm-hmm. The field matters. So the other thing with the Kansas City Chiefs, though, is that I don't disagree with trading and getting Mahomes because that's what this draft was about. This draft was about trade mm-hmm. and get the guy of the future for your quarterback for these three teams that did that. Um, and I don't disagree with that. I'm not going to fault them for, for Andy Reid saying, I want that guy. Let's go get him. And saying that I don't believe in Alex Smith, because what he's basically telling us is, yeah, Alex Smith isn't winning us a Super Bowl. (laughs) So we got to get a guy who can, even if we're going to lose some ground today. They're losing the battle, Ricky, to keep your war reference going, but they're Mm -hmm. not going to lose the war because they'll be able to come back. They're basically, I don't want to say they're retreating because that makes it sound like they're giving up the whole season. Yeah. But they're moving back a little bit so that way they can come back stronger. With a guy who Patrick Mahomes, the second, they believe is going to be the real deal. And I mean, one of the things that I think of is I I don't want to say like, oh, Mahomes was the wrong pick and they shouldn't have done it. I just. You thought that they could have done things to improve the team today. You could have either went one of two routes and it's you either say, you know what, we're going to go the route of trading to get the quarterback to set up the future or you go with a pick that can help you right now. They chose the way that they went. And I'm not trying to say, like, oh, where it's, I disagree, it's a stupid move. I'm just saying, okay, that's the way you went. Let's see. It's kind of like dodgeball. Bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it pays off. That's yeah. what we're sitting here with the Chiefs. And, I mean, compacted with the Jeremy Macklin move, I wonder if eventually this team is going to go, huh, maybe we need to rework some things because having Tyreek Hill as our number one, yeah, he's flashy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got eight touchdowns this year. But do we do we need to revamp the passing game? And that is going to come with Patrick Mahomes. You can't mm-hmm. have a wide receiver core that you have right now when Mahomes comes in. You ha- With the type of quarterback that he is, you need Travis Kelsey – and you need, like, a guy like Macklin would be perfect mm-hmm. for Mahomes. I mean, right now you might not need him because, yeah, Alex Smith is our guy. But eventually they're yeah. going to need that number one guy, and that's not Tyreek Hill. And they'll be able to get that. I mean, they have time. Mahomes mm-hmm. isn't starting today. No. Uh, and they'll could have be time starting, to build their pieces. Could be starting tomorrow, though, meaning next season. Yeah. I'm sure next season there's a good chance that he's starting. Uh, but they're really going to kind of – Figure some of this stuff out later. This is a team that has Mm -hmm. this great defense. Like I said, their running game is above average. Not great, but it's above average. Um, This passing game is a little weak, but getting Mahomes in there, if he's everything he's supposed to be, is going to instantly improve that passing attack. They can get him a wide receiver next year. And, I mean, I'm looking at some of the players that have gone – just after some of their picks. And the one that was the most interesting, and this is, what was this, second round? Second round, they take 
defensive a defensive end out of Villanova. And I look at it four picks later, so 59 to 62, Juju Smith from USC goes off the board. And that's one where I looked at and I went, huh, Chiefs could have used him. Chiefs could have mm-hmm. used the wide receiver to kind of bump everything up. And now looking at hindsight, huh, I would like to have him, especially if you're going to get rid of Jeremy Macklin because sure. he'd be cheaper than But Macklin. they weren't getting rid of yeah. him that day. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, but this Chief team, I think the bottom line for me is, A, Alex Smith this year is going to prove, hey, is this going to be your final year? Because like we've mentioned before, he has a potential out after this season. So he could be either him or the Chiefs could say, no, you know what, we're going to take this out mm-hmm. and bye, you're gone. But that's number one. And number two, how are they going to compete against the Oakland Raiders this year? Because that, to me, the Chiefs, I know we looked at the schedule for both the Broncos and the Raiders. The only thing that matters with the Chiefs for me is how you play against the Oakland Raiders. Because last year, you had some good games against the Raiders. The only reason that you won the division was because you owned the tiebreaker over the Raiders. And when we saw you play the Raiders, I want to say it was the um I want to say it was the last game, the Thursday night game. That was one where if Oakland didn't make just some boneheaded mistakes offensively that led to turnovers, they would have won that game. And it was the 21 to 13 game that you played in KC. If Oakland didn't make one or two bonehead moves, they would have won that game and would have been the ones winning the division instead of you. Sure. But, I mean, that falls into Kansas City's wheelhouse mm-hmm. of being the defensive team. They're built to take advantage of those type of mistakes. Well, and any before I wrap this up, before I turn it over to them, any last thoughts mm-hmm. on the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, I feel like we've been down on the Kansas City Chiefs, but, I mean, they're not— we're not saying they're gone. They're still competing for no, the division. They're a wild It's just team the fact worst. that they are not the excited. Uh, they're not the team that people are excited about in this division. Of course, that's no, the, the Oakland Raiders. Raiders. Uh, but they are still solid, and Oakland still has to co uh, go through Kansas mm-hmm. City in order to win the division. I mean, there's probably a good chance that they win the division. I probably am going to go with the Raiders when we make our predictions um, later this off season. But it is going this season for the Chiefs is going to be can you fend off the Raiders? Mm-hmm. Can you fend off the Raiders, win the division again, and what's going to happen with Alex Smith this year? But Chief fans, let us know what you think down below in the comment section. And also thank you guys for listening. This is our first preview. Next week we will be back with another division. We're going to continue on the West side, going to look at the NFC West. So if you are an NFC West fan, prepare for your team to be looked at next week. We're going to continue this all the way through the month of June and the month of July. I want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube or listening on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Whitmer. Mark is at the Mark Weber with two E's. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Also check out Patreon.com. Just another way. Patreon.com backslash Most Valuable Podcast to help support the channel more so than hitting that like and subscribe button. I want to thank you guys for watching and listening one more time. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.